0: Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit seventhwavenetwork.com.
0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
2: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, this show is going to be all about bliss. Where is it? We don't usually think of heaven in terms of anything but bliss. In fact, when we consider the possibility that we can inhabit heaven here on earth, the first thing we typically think of is bliss. When we think of heaven, which can only be inhabited after we die, we also think only of bliss, the comfort and joy of meeting again with those loved ones we've lost. So either way, heaven must be bliss, right? So if we can have heaven on earth, this means that we will have everything we want right? There'll be no unmet needs and all of our relationship, financial and parenting and other concerns will be blissful, right? Nah, there can't be heaven on earth because no one gets all that. So what can it possibly mean to have heaven on earth? Well, on this show, another, the sixth in our countdown to heaven, we're going to talk about bliss and how we can access and maintain it as we experience heaven on earth. And we're going to hear another clip from Oprah's upcoming Super Soul Sunday. Stay here today. You'll be glad you did. So we're talking today about this whole idea about what bliss is and what it isn't. So extreme happiness and ecstasy is what we typically think of when we think of bliss. We think uh, in terms of its definition as this is the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be happy all the time. On um, the free online dictionary, it says that uh, um, bliss is the ecstasy of salvation, a kind of spiritual joy. Merriam-Webster says that it's complete happiness, and it also defines it as paradise or heaven. Um, paradise is a very beautiful, pleasant, peaceful place It seems to be perfect, a place that's perfect for a particular activity or for a person who enjoys that activity. A state of complete happiness. That's how Merriam-Webster defines paradise. And then heaven is described in several different ways. It's the expanse of space that seems to be over the earth. Um, It's the dwelling place of the deity and the blessed dead. It's a spiritual state of everlasting communion with God. Or it's God. Or it's a place of or condition of utmost happiness. In the Christian science definition, it's a state of thought in which sin is absent and the harmony of divine mind is manifest. Heaven is also used interchangeably with the word nirvana in Buddhism, and described by Merriam-Webster also as a transcendent state in which there is neither suffering, desire, nor a sense of self, and the subject is released from the effects of karma and the cycle of death and rebirth. It represents the final goal of Buddhism. Another definition in Wikipedia says that bliss is a stage which is, a, um, excuse me, a state which is above any emotional state that is characterized as peace or happiness. It offers feelings of enjoyment, pleasure, and satisfaction. We use the word bliss a lot. Uh, Thomas Gray, in his Ode on a Distant Prospect of Eton College, said ignorance is bliss. That's a term we throw around a lot. Oh, ignorance is bliss, right? Um, ignorance doesn't work when it comes to disobeying the law, but... We think of ignorance as bliss in some senses, and those who teach that all of our lives are actually an illusion are in some sense agreeing with this idea that ignorance is bliss. So when it comes to thinking about this whole idea of what we're doing here on planet Earth, we get misled uh, when we think in terms of our lives here on Earth being uh, an illusion, do we live in some states of illusion absolutely and one of the states of illusion we live in and delusion we live in is the state of duality and we're going to talk a little bit about that but um, absolutely we are living in a state of ignorance um, when we tell ourselves that life is illusion but those who teach that are saying just turn off your tvs turn off your radios Don't listen to any quote-unquote negative news. Don't um, participate in any kind of conversation that makes you feel quote-unquote negative. Um, And in that way, you will have bliss. And so they're perpetuating the idea that ignorance is bliss. And in that sense, I guess, you know, I've talked to some people even on the show who said that, and I've said to them, well, isn't that kind of a way of being Pollyanna-ish? And they will say... Well, yeah, but who cares? I'm happy, so, you know, and that's all right, you know, that that, that works for them. So bliss has that definition as well, that they, if we can stay ignorant, then we'll be happy. Um, there's a film called Bliss. There's a club, a spa, a lounge, a British magazine for teens, a Canadian TV show, and a game. Of course, the movie, the TV show, and the game are all about sex, and of course, we would say that would be blissful sex, but okay. Those are, those are other definitions of, st- of bliss as well. And yet, many of us are seeking bliss as if we know what it is. <laughs> well, you know, we've all got our different definitions of bliss, just like we have our different definitions of everything else on planet Earth. But the definition we're going to go by today, for the purposes of this show, is this. Bliss is deep joy that comes about as a result of being present with beingness. Now, what in the heck does that mean? What does it mean to be present with beingness? Well, beingness is, uh, is our state of being. Okay, so we can have different states of being because we can be involved with different aspects of who we are as people. Um, we can um, be involved in a downside of our view of life. We can be very much involved in seeing um, how hard life is and how how much pain we are in at this particular moment. We can also be very much involved in how we uh, pursue a given goal, how we are um, racing with time to get ahead. Um, we can see ourselves invested in uh, any number of things, financial goals, um, romantic goals, all kinds of things like that. And a lot of what we've uh, heard in the past about uh, the law of attraction is all about really investing in those goals, really getting ourselves totally invested in intentionality about those goals. And so that can be a state of beingness. So what in the world do I mean by beingness? Well, what I mean when I say the word beingness is that deepest essence, of who we are, the deepest core being of Andrea Matthews is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about being present with my beingness. Uh, I'm not talking about chasing after a goal. I'm not talking about being caught up in my happiness or my sadness or my anger or my whatever. Those are all moods. Those are not uh, states of being. Um, so in terms of where we are in our focus, the process of bliss comes about as a result of being very, very present with that beingness. Alright? So, what keeps us from being present with that beingness? Well, first of all, we don't understand that we are, uh, we are alive, fully alive with soul. We don't understand, we don't see ourselves as being that. We see ourselves as being separate from soul. That soul might be a small part of us. Soul might be out there somewhere. Soul might be up above us. Soul might even be around us. But it's not who we are. Um, so in the process of, of coming to terms with who we are, we we need to be able to see that. And what keeps us from seeing who we are is that duality trans state, about which I've talked so many times in the past, where we ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the metaphorical tree of knowledge of good and evil, and we incorporated into the body-mind the belief, the the, uh, awareness, a false awareness, but an awareness of ourselves, an identification of ourselves with separateness. So no longer did we see ourselves as one with the divine. We no longer saw ourselves as the Elohim, that created itself a new us form. We now saw ourselves as people who could be separate from the divine. Uh, and in that process, what we what we got to was a a total world that we've created out of that duality trance state. So we have divided the world up into all kinds of um, of um, institutions and regulations and rules, all of which have something to do with the duality trance state. And so um, in, that, in that way, then, what happens is we live as if we are not divine beings. And that process keeps us from being present with beingness. So, okay, now that's, that's what keeps us from it. What can we do to participate more in that uh, awareness of ourselves as bliss, awareness of ourselves as soul, well here's the thing when we when we decided to participate in the duality trans state, when we took that job on and it was truly a job that we took on, which you read more about in the book inhabiting heaven now um, you'll read about how that process came to be that uh, that process is one in which. There's a great deal of mystery that has surrounded it because we have translated the text of that from our duality trans state. Um, And in that process, we have lost touch with um, that beingness, that ability to be present with ourselves. And um, so what we're doing now is living in this state of suffering, this place where we go to suffer. Now, with a great deal of warmth and passion and compassion for the suffering self, um, we, I want to say that suffering self is a part of our process of heaven. So in, that doesn't make sense to us when we think in terms of bliss, but the suffering self is an awareness of who we are as separate from the divine. And as we process through that, we become more and more aware of who we are as divine. So in, in, in working with our, um, our divine nature, we come to terms with um, that state of awareness. And I keep calling it a state. It's not really a state. It's a, it's a, it's a beingness. It's an awareness of who we are. And um, so we're going to talk more about that, uh, how we can work with that suffering state and also move to bliss right after the break. Stay tuned for more right after this.
1: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Have you discovered your true self yet? When we clearly understand how we create our reality, we can develop empathy and love for our humanity and that of others. Listen to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Your host, Dr. Joe Mancini, has spent years helping individuals get unstuck and find direction in their lives. Find out more by tuning in to our expert guests and participants on Explorations in Consciousness, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
0: Every moment that we live provides us with numerous opportunities to grow more deeply spiritually through our active engagement in positive, concrete ways that can uplift, encourage, and help ourselves and each other. Become a part of Our Sacred Journey with your host, Audrey Katagawa. Our program will include guests who will share their experiences with you to inspire you to help create a peaceful, cooperative present and future and to explore your creativity and the valuable contributions which you can make. Our Sacred Journey airs live Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave.
1: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness.
0: You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at AndreaMatthewsLPC.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: And we're back talking today about where your bliss might be. The Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology you may wonder what the terms holistic theology mean well theology is the study of the divine and holistic theology is a holistic study of the divine that includes all religion and even transcends religion to get to the mystical core of them all the american institute of holistic theology offers doctorate masters and ministerial bachelor's degrees chaplaincy programs with internship nbcc approved continuing education and a brand new phd program in holistic theology AST's programs include degrees in the following, Holistic Theology, offering as terminal degrees both a T.H.D. and a Ph.D., Holistic Ministries, Holistic Health and Spiritual Care, Metaphysical Spirituality, and Alternate Spiritual Traditions, which includes in-depth studies in the paranormal. Using a home study model for distance learning, the student of A.I.H.T. gets a thorough education in the field that fulfills and offers a chance to authenticate a unique gift for the world. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths. Utilizing as your text-writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world, the coursework allows students to explore and find their own spiritual experience and path, and then, if they wish, to take healing, help, and wisdom to others. So AIHT is changing the world one student at a time, And all you have to do to enroll is either go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Again, if you'd like to enroll right now, pick up the phone and call 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. So we talked in the first uh, segment about how it is what we define bliss as, and what keeps us from our bliss. And what we said was, what keeps us from our bliss is the belief that we are separate from the divine, and that belief came about as a result of our um, taking into the body mind the belief, the identification with separation from the divine. So now, my I am. Is connected more to separation than it is to the divine because that's how we've all focused for centuries. We've all, uh, millenniums actually, we've all focused on how it is that we are separate from the divine and what we've got to do to get back close to the divine. We've got to do something. So we're in this bargaining relationship with the universe whereby if I do X, then the divine will do something for me. So there's an if and a then. If I'm good, then... I can have the rewards of uh, a good life, or if I'm good, then I'll get to go to heaven, or if I say the right prayer or do the right ritual, then I'll get to go to heaven. Um, these are all bargains, and the universe does not need our bargains. And there are places in our, in the Western Bible that talk about, uh, that speak from the lips of the divine, that says, if you can say lips about the divine, that says... Um, I don't need your puny sacrifices. The cattle on a thousand hills are mine. Um, I, I require mercy, not sacrifice. Uh, Jesus even came and said that again. So, and he was quoting scripture when he said it. Um, so the idea is that we're that we're bargaining. That sacrifice is that if I give this to the divine, if I uh, give him the fatted calf. If I'm a good person, if I pray a lot, if I do this or that or the other, then the divine will do X, Y, and Z for me. If I tithe my 10%, then the divine will take care of me and uh, the storehouses will be full and overflowing. There's an if-then relationship with that, and that is not at all what the divine is looking for from us. The divine is looking for beingness. And so our idea of if-then keeps us from bliss. Now... Joseph Campbell said, "Follow your bliss, and the money will follow." And that sounds a little bit like an if-then: if you follow your bliss, then you'll have money. <laughs> and that's generally how we interpret it from our Western perspective: that if we uh, are are following our joy, well, I'm following my joy. Where's my money? You know, <laughs> and 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 that's how we tend to think of it. But actually, what's what what I think uh, Joseph Campbell meant? Of course, he'd have to tell you himself what he meant. But what I think he meant was just just do what makes you happy, and don't worry about the money. It's going to come. Actually, Jesus also said that when he was talking about um, that the divine was going to take care of us. That he took care of uh, the hairs on our head and the, the sparrows that fall from the sky and 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 the flowers of the field. And why should we worry about these things? The, the divine knows that we need these things. Stop worrying about that and get on with your life. Um, so, and basically, he said, put. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you so that 's very similar to what Joseph Campbell said that, if we, that that because we are living in bliss, life comes to us. And so what that means to me is if we match life with our identity, and by life I'm talking about the capital L life, the life that it was the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. if I match my identity to life, then life. Is me and it becomes all that I am. So in my creative endeavors, if I say I'm trying to create a world of my own design, I don't really have to work to do that. It's effortless effort that says I am fulfilling because I am being. Being itself does the work. I don't have to decide what I'm going to do to get there. I don't have to have a vision board. I don't have to have, a um, uh, say, affirmations 26,000 times a day. I don't have to make sure my mind never thinks any negative thoughts. I don't have to be concerned about externality at all. I just need to be. I just need to be, and as I am being, that being will take its own force. You see, we just don't trust that. We don't trust that our beingness, will have its own initiative. We don't trust that. We haven't been taught to trust that at all. We haven't been taught to trust the internality at all. Uh, we've been taught to trust externals. So our idea of heaven is an external reference um, and, and, and sort of a bargain with happiness. Well, happiness is out there somewhere, and so I have to do the right thing so I can have that happiness that's out there somewhere. Um, and this comes from, the as a consequence, a natural consequence of our choice to participate in the duality trance state, which if, if you've been listening to the show, you know that our choice to participate in the duality trance state was um, a part of the creative endeavor, so that in order for us to really finish the creative effort that started eons ago when uh, when the divine said, let there be light and there was light, in order for us to finish that process, we have to walk through the duality trans state. So we are this duality trans state is a part of that endeavor, not separate from it, a part of it. So when we tend to think of creation as something that happened once a long time ago, uh, we miss the point. the The point is that we are still in the creative process, and our duality state is a part of that. How? Well. If I'm living into duality as if that's the only truth and I live there and walk into its walls over and over and over and over and over again, eventually I'm going to go, you know what, there is a freaking wall here <laughs> and I'm going to have to find a way over, under, around, or through it. And uh, uh, since I know that the wall's not going anywhere, I might have to consider what I'm going to do about that. Well, the wall is the wall of my own making. And so when we get that, the walls come down. And then we walk freely. Okay, so that is a part of the creative endeavor. In order for the universe to really uh, accept form as soul and soul as form, we have to have walked all the way through all the experiments that said that soul could not be form. Okay, in order for the light bulb to be invented, all the things that were not the light bulb had to be tried and failed. And that's what we're doing here. We are creating... The A new universe based in soulful form, not in, in not in a, a universe that's separate from form. That's what we tend to think of. Well, heaven, we're going to go to heaven one day, and heaven is going to be this rarefied place where, and it's a place, a literal place that has streets of gold and all kinds of other uh, nice, fancy things. And we're going to uh, be able to do the X, Y, and Z up there because it's this place, a literal, physical place, we can go to and and but when we get there, it's really strange how we start switching things around it's no longer a physical place now it's a spiritual place where we don't have bodies. so you see how we have that double speak when it comes to heaven like we have double speak about all kinds of things down here on earth where where um, we are telling ourselves that we can have uh, the outside world and refusing to have the inside world okay so um when Adam and Eve, the first um, metaphorical human, humans, were in the Garden of Eden, which is our consciousness of ourselves as divine beings, they participated in this for us. And when they did, they were told that uh, the consequence of that choice is that um, you're going to suffer for your supper. You're going to have to dig in the hard dirt and it's going to be hard to produce. You're going to labor when you try any new creation. It's going to take labor to make it happen. And for the woman, the feminine, which is our internal state, our desire will be for, it says, yet your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Now, I need to explain that. That uh, that statement does not mean anything like what I just read. (laughs) When we look at the root language, the word husband is not even in there. So in the book, Inhabiting Heaven Now, I explore that statement to find out what it really means and I'm not going to go into a great deal about that right now. But basically, it's telling us that our internal is going to be turned outward and it's going to overflow its internal boundaries and we're going to deeply desire and live only for and in the external world and be ruled by it. That was the consequence of our choice to participate in the duality trans state and it was a natural consequence and it's an important consequence for us to walk through because we're asking the question, is my body is this physical world separate from the divine or is, is form matter, body the same thing as the divine that's the question we're asking um, so when, when it comes to externalizing reality, what that means is we don't get to understand ourselves as divine beings. So we believe in a magical thinking. We believe that if we do X, Y, and Z, then the divine will um, arrange for us to be, um, have what we want, have that soulful, happy, blissful life that we want. That magical thinking has everything to do with the fact that our psychology is basically ruled by an identification with the external. And so um, what, we, what we're looking for in terms of happiness is external. We want not only material things, but we want physical things. Um, and so, again, we're, we're, um, we're, we're not thinking in terms of material only. We're thinking in terms of outward happiness, happiness that comes to me because of the people I meet, the circumstances I have in my life, the happiness that's in my life, the, um, the, the programs I have for myself, the goals that I meet, the opportunities that I have, these are the things that are going to create happiness for me and nothing but. And I, I, I live my life that way. I live my life based in the idea that I'm going to have um, these externals coming to me and um, so it's not just material stuff. We, people say all the time, well, you know, I don't want to participate in anything materialistic. Um, I don't want to have, uh, to be thinking about in terms of, you know, uh, cars and houses and money and things like that. And that's bad. I shouldn't be thinking in those terms. Well, okay, maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't know that we need to separate the material from the spiritual that way. I think they're one and the same. Um, so when when it when it comes to what we want in life, of course we want some material things. Of course we want to um, participate in the physical world. Of course we do. We're here to do that. So we don't want to be saying, "Oh, that material world out there is all an illusion." As and I, I know that there are some people that say that. I happen to disagree with it. You get to formulate your own opinion. Um, but um, when it comes to the material world, uh, it also is soul. So if I'm participating in a material world with with my fullest self, I'm being here in my own deep core essence while participating in the world, then I'm already in heaven. I'm already living in some kind of bliss. One of the things that I like to do, particularly in this fall season, we've had one of the most amazing fall seasons here, and I bet you have too, and some parts of the country are getting just these beautiful reds and golds and purples and, uh, on the trees, and it just keeps going on and on. So I've been really enjoying it, and I'll literally stop my car to take a picture of a beautiful tree. <laughs> I need to get a bumper sticker that says, "Stops for Beautiful Trees. But um, that's a participation in the world that is blissful, that is soulful, um, that r- allows it rejoicing, but it doesn 't renounce my inner being, so we tend to think in terms of either or either i 'm out here in the material world or i 'm in here being an ascetic and you know launching my life from the perspective of of living all alone, not not living with other people and i 'm constantly you know contemplating my navel and i 'm not really participating in any other physical life at all. And so we say, well, the great gurus of the world, they've spent hours and days, years in caves, and they have been able to uh, bring us to uh, great insights and great understanding, and yes, they have. And so we don't want to negate that. There are some people who are called to do that, but not everyone's called to do that. And so, that, but that doesn't mean we can't have the same bliss, or the same wisdom, or the same soulfulness, or the same uh, insights that come to us out of the blue, or seemingly out of the blue. So, participating here on planet Earth means that we are in the duality trance state, because that's a part of our journey, and we're not going to make that go away right now. But we are also in soul, and the body is soul, and the soul is body, and so nothing is negated nothing is sent away from our awareness and um and so we don't have to uh, decide how we're going to be in order to get our bliss and uh, so we're going to talk some more about that in just a few minutes stay tuned for more right after the break
1: This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? If you're searching for the answers to these and other spiritual questions, you can look within. And you can tune into The Open Door. Our program will expand your awareness of the teachings of the Ascended Masters, offer you practical tools that promote self-mastery and personal freedom, and provide an unerring pathway for graduating from Earth Schoolroom. The Open Door with host Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy is broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
0: Health is in your hands. What you do and what you don't do sets the course for the path of your life. Listen for wise chats, simple talk, profound wisdom with Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook. Through this series, we'll explore energetic approaches to health and healing that provide practical and personal solutions. Our guests will share ideas and insights that will help us all adopt new behaviors and create lasting internal shifts. Wise chats can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel.
1: The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change.
2: And we're back talking today about your bliss. But before we do that, I want to introduce you to Oprah's next Super Soul Sunday episode where she sits down with Sandy Hook parents Francine and David Wheeler on this all-new episode of Super Soul Sunday this Sunday, November the 24th at 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific on OWN Oprah Winfrey Network. Almost a year has passed since Francine and David Wheeler tragically lost their six-year-old son, Benjamin, in the Sandy Hook Elementary School tragedy. And we were all there to watch that event. And they have uh, come forth in some major ways to teach us some major soulful lessons. And that is why Oprah has interviewed her them on this show. And um, we have that clip now for you. On a very special Super Soul Sunday, they are Ben Wheeler's mom and dad. And I believe they are two great spiritual teachers. What they've done since the unthinkable happened at Sandy Hook will lift you up. Wow. Elevate your spirit. Help you see your own life differently. I'm not done being Ben's father because of this. For Super Soulers everywhere, this incomparable hour is especially for all of us. Super Soul Sunday. This Sunday, 11 a.m. 10 Central. Only here. All right. Well, that was the episode coming up of Super Soul Sunday, this Sunday, November the 24th at 11 a.m., Eastern and Pacific on OWN. Um, You want to be here for that. They have some really important lessons to teach us all, um, as that event itself did, have many important lessons to teach us all. And today, we're talking not about the sorrow of a tragedy, but about the possibility and potentiality of bliss. So what we've said thus far is that bliss occurs as a result of our presence with our own beingness. So if I'm present with my beingness, that means that I am living from my core, not living just in my core, not locked up in an ascetic life where I have to not speak to people or not watch TV or not listen to the news or any of those things that might bring quote-unquote negativity into my realm, but rather... I'm living from my core, meaning I come from, I initiate life from my core. So I don't come from, I don't behave out of, I don't think out of, I don't feel out of, I don't believe out of a duality trance state. It might be there. I might exist in that world, but I don't come from that world. Okay? That's how we have bliss and that's how we maintain bliss, That. Is how we live in heaven now, on this earth, right here, right now. We don't live in heaven by living uh, hoping that the external world will bring us happiness. And I'm again, I'm not talking about material things only. I'm talking about the external world. What is that? Is that people? Is that events? Is that circumstances? Is that situations? Is that encounters? Uh, what is the external world to us? Whatever it is. If we're waiting for it to bring us happiness, we might get little blips of it now and then. We might have little high points in our lives, but for the most part, we're going to live in this dull sense of desperation um, where we're just okay, but, you know, nothing really great happening, nothing really bad happening, just okay. Um, I've had people come and see me who said they were even bored by that state of existence Um, and, and... Being bored is just another kind of way of saying life is meaningless. Um, When people have an existential crisis, um, what that means is that they are beginning to question the meaning of their lives. They've come to a place where life as it has been lived previously is questionable. What what I'm doing now is maybe not not what I fully, won't fully complete me. And so, we go searching out in the external world for it. We look for a new job. We look for a new partner. We look for a new uh car. We look for something new. We have a baby. We do something new. When we lose weight, we you know, to have a face job. We do all kinds of things to try to help ourselves feel better about living life on planet Earth. But um, but, uh, and and in in and of themselves, those things are not wrong. I mean. If you want to do those things, go do them. I'm not saying that they, there's a should behind those things. We should not do those things. What I am saying is that they are not the source of our happiness. They are not the source of our bliss. And bliss is utter joy. Um, I remember a time when I came and I went hiking, and I was all by myself hiking in the woods near my home. And I came up around a curve, and I uh, got to this little hill. And just as I mounded the hill, I looked up and there was a whole herd of deer right there in front of me. And I stopped dead in my tracks because I was so afraid that if I ran, if I walked, they would bolt and I just wanted to look at them. So I looked for a few minutes and I think they were looking at me for a few minutes and um, then all of a sudden the, the, uh, the buck that was the lead of all of them, I'm not even using the right language here, but he was the, he was the leader, and he made a noise, just a small little noise, and then they all took off like a flock of birds, and you've seen these birds in the sky that all fly in the same pattern, not one of them is out of pattern. Well that's what happened to the deer, they just all took off at the same time. Except for one. One little deer, a younger deer, was standing back in the back, and did not move with the others. The lead buck stopped about 50 yards out, turned around and looked at the other deer, and made this amazing sound. He called with this horn-like sound that came out of his mouth, lifted up his head, and sort of yelled out this, this, uh, this horn-like sound. That's the only way I can describe it. And the The little younger deer came trotting off and went with the buck, and they ran off together. And I thought I had died and gone to heaven, the way we say that. I was in heaven in that moment. I was absolutely in heaven. My inner core was thrumming with the rhythm of their hoofbeats. My inner core was right there, present in that moment with myself and with that event simultaneously. I was in heaven. I was having bliss. Maybe you've had some of those moments like that in your life where something just uh, synchronistic, serendipitous happened and you were just all in it. Maybe you've had that kind of bliss when you've been meditating. I've also had that. On a daily basis, I think of bliss as a kind of um, contentment that is a deep uh, um, rhythm with life. It is a deep kind of dance. We're in this dance with life, and I don't mean just external life. I mean life, breathing in and out, the soulfulness of my own beingness as life, life itself as life, uh, the fact that I am alive as life, the externalities as life, my funky belief system as life, all of that as life, and that is bliss. And, And we can live in that state where we're just, Letting the moments be what they are. And I, I, t- I talk in terms of moments because that's a language we have, but it's not 60 seconds. We're not talking about clock moments. We're talking about presence moments. We're talking about being aware of the now. Um, that, is, that is also the past and the, pre- and the present and the future all wrapped up in one. That nowness is is the essence of life. And it's there that we find bliss, right there in the center of of, of life itself. Um, people talk in terms of good and bad. You know, we talk about the duality trance state as in terms of good or bad. And I think of good and bad as a, on a continuum, like many other things. They're, they're not polarized, although they're all poles. They're, the good and bad are not necessarily polarized. But on the one end of that continuum is absolute evil or at least that's how we think of it that's the label we've given it um, to make life easier for ourselves and on the other side is absolute holiness again a label that we've given it to make life easier for ourselves and we talk about that in the book so you'll get more information about that when you read the book inhabiting heaven now but it uh, it it absolutely um is, is like this very broad, I'm sitting here with my arms out right now, you think about a broad continuum, a line where there's one thing on one pole and one thing on the other, and that's how it is with this, uh, duality trans state, we think in those terms, and everything in life seems to fall along one of those, somewhere, some, in some gradation of that continuum, where we, uh, we, it's either a little bit bad, or a l- little bit more bad, or a lot bad, or really bad, or Just awful, or horrible, or just evil. The same with good. It's a little bit good, or really good, or better than that, or best, or just all the way holy. Okay, so that's how we think of in terms of our lives. Everything in our lives is measured, and that's part of our problem is that we're measuring life, Um, and um, so we so we think in those terms, and if we continue to do that. We will, uh, we will be stuck in that place, in that, in that continuum, somewhere we'll be judging all of life, we'll be judging all the events in our lives, we'll be judging all the people, places, circumstances, uh, and events in our lives along that line. But here's the deal. Somewhere in the middle is the place where good and evil cancel each other out, where they don't exist at all. So when we Think in terms of good and evil. We're missing that place where they cancel each other out. But when we go into the place of beingness, into the place where we are our essence and we're experiencing life with a capital L, that life that is the tree of life, when we're experiencing that, that's when we um, we are in that place where good and evil cancel each other out. When we cancel each other out, when good and evil cancel each other out, we know that we're in that place. But generally it works the other way. We're in, we know we're in that place and then we're aware that, oh, well good and evil have canceled each other out. There's no good and evil here. There's no good, there's no bad, there's no gradation in between. There's just beingness. That's all there is. And that's why the laws, the rules, the codes, the ethics, the, the all of that, It's not going to get us there. They're fine for right now because we still live in the duality trance state and we probably need them as long as we're in that state. But one day, we won't need them anymore because we will be living fully alive in our deepest core essence as divine beings, as the divine beings we are. And we won't have to dismiss our bodies to do that. We'll be in our bodies and our bodies will be in our souls as we do it. Because the whole story is about union. The whole story is all about union. It's not about separation. Everything is going to be one. So if everything is going to be one, and that means everything already is one and we just don't know it, then, then there will be no good and evil. There will be no divide between a, what we call a heaven and a hell. There will be no division over anything. All of those things are going to cancel each other out. There will be only oneness. And when I'm in my deepest core essence, that's what I experience. And when you're in your deepest core essence, I'm going to just go ahead and lay it out here and bet that you that's where you are too. Because the people who've had these deep spiritual experiences all over the world from different sides of the globe and different religions all say the same thing. They've experienced bliss, deep abiding peace, deep body-shivering peace that kind of makes your body vibrate with it. Yeah, that's bliss. So we've talked about bliss today, and I hope that that's uh, helped you out a little bit in terms of your ability to experience it on a regular basis. And next week, uh, it's the week of Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving is the day of the next show. And we're going to have a special encore uh, presentation of Bruce Lipton's recent show on The Honeymoon Effect, where he talked about how to have bliss and um, how we form our identity and different things like that. So I wish you a happy Thanksgiving. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.